This is the Spirit and Wellness Show. News and information from a higher perspective. With your host, Harry Wilkinson. Hello and uh, welcome to the Spirit and Wellness Show. I am Harry Wilkinson. And this is the show where we take a look at the days and weeks events, happenings in the world around us that... uh, we interact with on a daily and weekly basis things happening in our communities internationally in economics in the environment uh, all of the things in which we uh, hear stories that come to us through our ever exploding and proliferating forms of uh, of media and uh, and information, whether it be through our smartphones or our uh, social media, uh, through our 24-hour news networks, uh, through our tablets, or even the older forms of media, uh, the old-fashioned radio in the car, or even the print newspaper, um, which while it seems like it's going the way of the dinosaur, is is still hanging in there. But in any case, uh, because we are more and more continually bombarded with information, many of it information that is uh, more titillating, more uh, button-pushing than useful, This because media outlets clamor for attention so that they can have uh, or boast of uh, large audiences which then can translate into advertising dollars for them. And as such, stories get reported. The choices of stories that get reported and the way in which stories are reported is often calculated to uh, grab the most attention, grab the most ears. And uh, whether that happens to be through uh, uh, surprise, anger, uh, uh, irritation, whatever it is, those uh, uh, elements are manipulated to get our attention. And so we find ourselves uh, often being overwhelmed by so much. And I believe it to be a wellness issue at this point because uh, in feeling overwhelmed, it's something that brings uh, not only physical and emotional, uh, not only uh, physical distress, but emotional distress, uh, uh, distress in all areas of our lives, and uh, there needs to be a tool, there needs to be a way to interact with all of this, and that's what uh, a lot of what I do on this show here is. Now, this show has for years been on a different platform. We've recently uh, expanded our platform to anger, and uh, 
very happy to have them as a sponsor and a wonderful platform to use to uh, get our program out and to get uh, uh, messages out uh, to those who might not otherwise have a uh, means of doing so. And those who uh, who would, too. But uh, I've heard quite a bit of the shows on, on this platform, Anchor, and uh, it's wonderful, the, the, the different kinds of of uh, of information that can come out through podcasts as opposed to mm, uh, traditional media. But in any case, in taking a step back and looking at these stories that we are telling ourselves through these varying media, and looking at them from a higher perspective, we help to heal ourselves and our perspective and our our idea of what's going on because when we perceive all of these things coming at us as outside of us it feels like we're being attacked in many ways but when we take the step back and we look at these stories from a higher perspective we go into them I mean, not into them intellectually, but into them uh, in a feeling way. When we allow ourselves to let whatever we're feeling about these stories rise up. And if it's something that's troubling or concerning, that may be difficult to do but we allow that to happen. And as that's happening, as it reaches its peak, we come to a realization. We look and we see that rather than this being an outside event that's happening to us, that this is something that we are creating at the very highest level of our being to have a particular type of experience or experiences. That's my take on it uh, from a metaphysical perspective. So once we recognize that we're creating it, where we're sort of in on the deal, if you will, we begin to see it or at least have the possibility to see it in a different way. We can see what we're creating as just that, a creation and an illusion. It is not the truth of who and what we are. But by going through it, it can lead us there. We can reconnect with that truth by recognizing the illusion, just by recognizing the illusion, by recognizing the creation we have uh, intertwined ourselves with and appreciating that even finding the gift in that and often this requires a, a different understanding of, uh, of who we are and perhaps even a different uh, orientation 
uh, as far as uh, as belief system is concerned. Much of this is uh, based on or predicated on uh, a concept of human beings of us being more than our bodies that there's more to us than just our physical senses that there is something beyond that and if that's not a belief system that you hold or uh, can understand readily And it may be a little bit difficult for for you to approach this in, in such a manner. But I found in years of doing this show that even people who might not consider themselves to be very spiritual might even believe that really there's nothing more than uh, our physical life, um, that there's nothing beyond that even from that perspective there's much to be gained there's much to be uh, appreciated there's much that they can resonate to in taking that step back by looking at it as something that uh, is a creation and a creation of uh, our own choices perhaps and in doing so again you begin to find a a sense of empowerment so you're no longer viewing things as happening to you as overwhelming you as uh, making you feel helpless but now you have an understanding that you can change things that this is not happening outside of you but as much as inside of you and how you approach it how you look at it your reaction to it is a much of a, a part of the experience as anything else. So we can make a choice to respond differently to any situation. And that's what we've been doing with uh, uh, our uh, segments on the coronavirus. We've been doing coronavirus meditations. This is part two of the coronavirus meditation. And uh, when we get to the meditation portion, we're going to be focusing on uh, dealing with how we perceive things in this situation. We're going to be dealing with uh, thoughts of panic and anxiety and how to approach them uh, in a, a, a different way through our meditation and how to gain that higher perspective on that. Last week, our uh, Corona Meditation Part 1 was really about 
activating or reactivating the immune system. Because what happens often uh, through uh, our daily life, uh, we can easily have our what's known as the fight or flight response triggered. And that's just through, you know, normal everyday life. And it can be triggered through, you know, a deadline at work or um, a problem at home with the family of kids or uh, maybe the car breaks down or, or something even less, uh, you know, less uh, uh, troublesome than that. Just a, a, a thought, a random thought or uh, a statement somebody makes that... Um, uh, triggers an emotion in you, uh, that can trigger the fight-or-flight response. And what happens in the fight-or-flight response, and it's uh, as old, uh, from what I understand, it's as old as as, as human uh, beings are, this uh, fight-or-flight response is uh, an aspect of protection. Uh, where we see ourselves in some sort of imminent danger and we have to either prepare ourselves to fight or run. Now, as uh, many uh, scientists has talked about or, 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 or social scientists who've looked into this, you know, um, back in the early days of humankind, uh, this came in quite handy and it can still come in quite handy. Uh, you know, if uh, you see uh, an animal charging at you, uh, uh, you uh, will automatically uh, trigger that fight-or-flight response. <clears throat> but more often than not, we don't have those kinds of situations triggering it. Where it is useful, we are triggered by, as I mentioned, thoughts, ideas, something someone said, uh, maybe a deadline again at work or something along those lines. And what happens when that is triggered is uh, the body itself physiologically uh, shuts down a bit. Uh, all of the energy, uh, blood flow, all of that goes into this preparation, preparation for, for fight or for flight. And when that happens, just naturally, uh, the immune system shuts down uh, so that uh, it's, it's, uh, a more energy can flow to the uh, immediacy of the situation uh, as it's perceived. So when that happens, uh, while it may temporarily provide energy for the uh, direct experience we're uh, preparing ourselves for, it also weakens us, uh, so it makes us more vulnerable to diseases, and the body's natural response is to uh, fighting off uh, illness, uh, stress, uh, exhaustion, they, uh, they go out the window, so to speak. So last week's meditation was about uh, triggering the relaxation response, which is uh, the counteracting uh, element to the fight-or-flight response. The relaxation response calms us to the point where 
uh, our immune system can be reactivated, re-energized. And so in that meditation, we uh, focused on the uh, relaxation response through mindfulness meditation, and we visualize the immune system, everything in our cells and molecules, uh, reinvigorating, energizing, getting ready. Because uh, when you sort it out a bit, as devastating as this disease can be, for most of us, over 80%, I understand, uh, if you were to contract it, uh, you would recover fairly easily. Much like uh, a severe flu or cold. And we've seen uh, in our media culture uh, examples of that, people who have... Uh, come forward to say they they have tested positive for COVID-19 and we've seen them recover uh, people like Tom Hanks uh, Boris uh, Johnson in uh, Great Britain Idris Elba another celebrity uh, and they're showing how they are doing quite well and that they have recovered. So it is something that is recoverable for most people. But that requires also, and the level of recovery and the quickness of recovery depends on how active and energized your immune system is. So that's a crucial part of, of dealing and navigating through this whole crisis. And so part two, we'll be dealing with uh, the uh, panic and anxiety thoughts around this. Again, that will also trigger the relaxation response, but it will also get us to perceive this in a different kind of way. But first I wanted uh, to talk about, uh, for all of the... Uh, upheaval that the approach to bringing down this virus, flattening the curve, if you will, for all of uh, these things that uh, have gone away, if you will, uh, for all of the things that uh, are a little more difficult, that have changed, There is a side of this that is uh, actually something we can learn quite a bit from. Because what we're seeing in the response to this is how the world might be how countries might be if the decisions politically, economically that were made came from a 
primary uh, goal of preventing human suffering. Because we're seeing how the vulnerabilities in our uh, medical system, in our economic system, are being uh, spotlighted, and how they are being uh, approached and dealt with very quickly. I mean, the uh, the job situation in which many people are or have lost their jobs or been furloughed quick action was taken to find financial support for, for these people. And it's worked. The compassion that uh, many people are showing uh, in this time is quite remarkable. But what we're learning, and here's one big issue uh, I think that is important since uh, uh, Earth Day is coming up in uh, a couple of days on Wednesday. And what they're finding is that, uh, and they, they began this estimate in China, but it's, it's really going worldwide now. Uh, uh, China has a severe air pollution problem, by the way. It's very pervasive there, particularly in big cities like Beijing and so forth. And pollution, though we don't talk about it like we talk about the uh, coronavirus, but pollution kills many people every year. Just due to the huge amount of it that's there and the breathing in of it, the breathing in of toxic fumes, which uh, has an effect on the body. But what they've discovered is that the air pollution that's usually there, because industry has stopped, and uh, because people are staying home, uh, many are, are staying home and not driving, which also adds a lot to air pollution, the air pollution level has dropped amazingly. And this is uh, providing a real experiment for environmentalists and uh, well, scientists to see the, uh, the effect of how bringing down air pollution can save lives. They estimate that between 50 and 75 lives, I'm sorry, not 50 to 75, 50,000 to 75,000 lives could be saved because of this drop in air pollution. Now think of it, those are lives that could have been saved anyway if industry had been willing to control 
its output and if the rates of business growth were monitored, if you will, to where they need to be so that uh, we can sustain life. So it's highlighting how compassionate management of these resources, compassionate management of our economy and our industry and all of our other human creations, how this can sustain ourselves and prevent suffering, or by letting these uh, uh, these creations overwhelm our compassionate uh, nature and our our understanding of of human suffering, uh, it can aggravate it. It's fascinating. Uh, in uh, all over the world, this is happening, by the way, because of, of this pandemic, shutting down the industrial activity and slashing air pollution levels. Uh, and there's been a study from the uh, European Space Agency uh, where they took satellite pictures to really show how the pollution levels have dropped. Uh, and uh, some experts have said that uh, this represents sort of the largest scale experiment ever on the reduction of industrial emissions and its effect on human lives. The nitrogen dioxide that's produced from the cars that uh, uh, are no longer on the road and the power plants and other industrial processes that are shut down uh, is dropping. At the levels we've had them uh, previous to this, they've been uh, shown to exacerbate respiratory illnesses uh, like asthma, and they certainly uh, are uh, even worse when mixed with something like a COVID-19. So we can look at this as an experiment we're having to see in the future how a low carbon uh, world might look. This is helping us to see where we went wrong and how we need to change and how we can change lowering the air pollution can help reduce the spread of disease particularly viruses like this. Pollution 
along with the fight-or-flight response, uh, lowers immunity. And inflames the airwaves and makes it easier for uh, these viruses to spread. Uh, the uh, World Health Organization, which you may have heard in the news, is, is taking a bit of a uh, beating right now from some uh, quarters, um, but is still one of the best mechanisms we have for understanding this. Uh, the WHO uh, is looking into uh, the concept that airborne pollution particles may be something that spreads COVID-19 and other viruses and makes it more virulent. That seems to be a, a rather <laughs> uh, uh, self-evident uh, idea, but, uh, you know, uh, people are not satisfied with that until there's um, data and uh, scientific uh, uh, proclamations about it. Uh, but I think it's a pretty safe bet that uh, lower pollution particles uh, will, uh, in the future, if we take advantage of this and learn from it, uh, help to uh, decrease the spread of things like this. So in Wuhan, China, where this whole thing uh, first was reported, uh, in South Korea, They have noticed marked drops in the uh, uh, nitrous oxide uh, levels. Scientists are saying that this is uh, unprecedented. Um, there have been variations for a day or so because of weather. Uh, but this is the first opportunity that scientists have had to take a look at what the effects of lower emissions can be. Another effect of this is uh, noise pollution. Noise pollution is dropped precipitously because of this. And we might not think of uh, noise pollution as being uh, harmful, but it truly is. Remember I was talking about one of those things, those triggers for fight-or-flight response? Well, noises are one very big one. So now people are hearing more birds and less cars and planes and jackhammers and leaf blowers. This is having a great effect on nature, on birds, and others, but also for humans, and also for the Earth. Seismologists are reporting less seismic noise 
or vibrations in the earth cr Earth's crust caused by human activity. And this uh, makes earthquakes a lot less lively, li uh, likely. The oceans are more tranquil because there's uh, fewer, much fewer activity going on with cruises and other things. And by decreasing that, you'll decrease the stress hormone of the sea creatures. And in humans, well, uh, noise pollution has been linked to high stress and physical ailments from disrupted sleep uh, to high blood pressure, heart disease, even cognitive impairment in children. Now, when you have these things, uh, there are economic costs that go with them. And even housing prices uh, can go down uh, in areas that have a sound pollution problem. In New York City, 9 out of 10 adults are generally exposed to noise levels considered harmful by the EPA. And that includes incessant car honking. And all of the other activity that goes on in the city. These noise levels are harmful to health. And according to the a European Environmental Agency, at least one in five people uh, exposed to noise levels that are harmful to health and that over the long term uh, this leads to at least 12,000 premature deaths in Europe each year. Uh, roughly the same number of school children experience learning impairments due to excessive aircraft noise. And much of this noise does come from transportation. So when traffic reduces, well, the noise drops. So this is another opportunity to really wake up and look at what we're doing. <laughs> you know? Uh, I'll stop short from from calling this a blessing. Certainly the pandemic is not. Or we wouldn't think of it in that way. Although from the highest perspective, everything. Everything is. But what our approach to it is, how we respond to it, and what it's showing us, 
what we hopefully will learn from this is is quite remarkable. All right, so let's uh, get ready for our part two Corona meditation. But before this, let's give you a few things to think about. In boosting our mood, and this will also come in changing our perspective and dealing with the uh, anxiety thoughts and panic thoughts that uh, arise around this. The uh, power of, of positivity, if you will, positive emotions, uh, and I hate to call them positive, but uh, let's just say uh, thoughts of optimism, can lower stress hormones, can uh, increase immune function, as we've been talking about. And when you do all of that, uh, you know, you reduce inflammation, and that reduces the risk of chronic diseases. And anxiety, of course, can uh, uh, lead to or be an effect of uh, a pessimistic outlook. And, of course, it's hard to be optimistic when the news isn't uh, quite what we would want it to be. But we can always change, as I say, how we respond to such things. And so here's a couple of things we can do uh, while we're home and perhaps not able to do the things we would normally do to uh, mitigate our uh, anxious feelings. Uh, you know, we can start thinking about changing our diet. It's, it's hard to do when it's um, a bit of a challenge getting to the grocery store, but uh, this is a wonderful opportunity to uh, look at your diet, see how you're eating. Uh, you can add things to your diet, like more vegetables, maybe uh, fish oil, uh, supplements, which uh, is highly recommended. Doing meditations like we're about to do, and other ways of expressing your emotional uh, reactions to things, and dealing with them, rather than trying to sublimate them or push them away, uh, is a very healthy habit and a, and a very way, a very good way to not only cultivate. Uh, an attitude of positivity, but to, to sustain it, because if you're putting on a, a sense of optimism that you really uh, aren't too sure about, well, that's that's not going to last very long. But in uh, changing our perspective on things, uh, you don't have to worry about 
you know, putting on a good mood. It just will naturally come because your understanding, your awareness has changed. You might want to uh, think about uh, doing some journaling during this time and uh, just writing down the things that uh, come through your mind. Now this is a time when we're rediscovering our connections with each other. I, I, I don't want to I don't want to continue to uh, uh, reiterate this false idea that everyone is talking about that we are isolated, that we are uh, uh, disconnected. We're not. We are connecting in ways that we don't normally do. And if you don't believe me, think about the people you've talked to or connected with that uh, you haven't heard from in a long time, right? Uh, think about how connected we are just in our uh, understanding of where we are. This is showing that level of connectedness that's much deeper than uh, the superficial uh, kinds of things that we might uh, normally uh, think of when we're talking about uh, connecting with people. Laughter helps. Tell stories, watch comedy. And focus on this, uh, this type of meditation. So I believe it's time we started so in our mindful meditations, we are always uh, beginning with our breath. Breathing is a very important tool in this. So to begin, we breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. And we'll narrow our, our eyes We'll close them all the way, but just till things are rather fuzzy. And we begin to become aware of our breathing. We begin to become aware of where we're sitting might be a chair, couch on the floor, but our touch points, maybe back against the, uh, back against the, the back of a chair, feet on the floor, or buttocks on the floor, wherever these touch points are, we become aware of those. And our breathing goes back to the way we normally breathe. Don't try to change it, just be aware of it. How your body moves with each in-breath and out-breath. And then your eyes can gently close. 
less thoughts come up, whatever they might be, as they almost certainly will do, allow them honor them let them go just observe don't try to engage just observe and observe your reaction if something arises that makes you feel anxious or worried or sad or fearful notice that No need to dwell in it. No need to try to talk yourself out of it or push it away. Just notice it. And notice what it was that brought that feeling. Was it a, a thought? Was it a picture, a visual? Was it an idea? Or was it just a feeling? Note what it is. Just, uh, oh, that came up. That's a feeling. Oh, that's an idea. Oh, that's a picture I saw from the news the other day. And break down all of these things that uh, rise up in that way. And if nothing comes to mind, well, that's fine too. But when things do come up, and you note them, you return to your focus on the breathing. So observe, take note, and refocus on the breathing. for a moment or two we're going to let go of our breathing focus let the mind wander wherever it would like to
then bring it back in. Bring back in the focus to the breathing. Become more aware of your surroundings again, your touch points. Sounds, feelings around you. And when you're ready, come on back and open your eyes. See how you feel. Do you notice any changes in how you're feeling? Are you feeling any calmer? Maybe you're feeling a little more focused? Maybe you're not aware of feeling anything at all, and that's just fine. Meditations like this take time, and uh, you may find later that your reactions to things have changed. Alright, so one more thing before we go. Since many of us are at home and uh, concerned about, uh, well, we might be uh, adding a few pounds because uh, we might be more sedentary than we normally are. So there are many ways to uh, mitigate that if you are staying at home and you can't get out. Of course, I do see people out jogging, which... Um, I'm not sure is actually what we're supposed to be doing at this time, but uh, if you're staying indoors, there are many things you can do just to, uh, to stay fit. So uh, one thing you can do is uh, a little yoga pose called legs up the wall. It's very simple. All you need to do is uh, uh, lie on the floor next to a wall and place your legs vertically together against the wall. And you can put down a yoga mat if you have one or just a regular blanket or something as you lie on the floor. It's a great one for stress and anxiety relief. Uh, it's a restorative and relaxing pose. It sort of reverses the action we usually do in standing up. So, How you do it is uh, 
by sitting on the floor with the wall next to you. Stretch your legs out in front of you. You lie down on your back. Use your core and your hip muscles to bring your legs up into the air. Your bot the bottom of your uh, feet should be pointing to the ceiling. Now pivot the body so the backs of the legs are now touching the wall. And bring your, uh, uh, your buttocks and your sitting bones right up against uh, the ground and cl as close to the wall as you can. And you can focus on relaxing your neck Feel your breathing. And you can feel the stress and anxiety leaving your body through your feet. And uh, stay in the position for as long as you think you can. Maybe five minutes is all you can do, or maybe you can stretch that out to 20. And then using the bottom of your feet when you're ready to go, uh, press them into the wall and roll to one side. Uh, don't get up straight away because you might experience some lightheadedness. And then when you're ready, you can get up. It's a great way to reduce stress. So we'll talk about other things you can do. Uh, indoors to keep yourself healthy and active and until that time I will say be well keep your courage up and I hope you tune in again <laughs>